From coffee to moonlight, from driving Miss Daisy to the last dragon. We've seen a lot, but we're going to watch them all. I'm Len the Bat Tribble. And I'm Vincent Williams. And we are the Michaud Mission. Two men, one podcast. Every, every black, black film ever made. made. Catch us every week on Podglomerate. All right. out there in the Geek Nation, you're listening to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk! I am Johnny Destructo, a.k.a. the Thwip Tribble. We are here at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, 4327 Main Street in Maniunk. It's a comic shop. Come buy my stuff. Yo, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And who's with us? Who's our special guest? I'll, I'll tell you who it is. No, yes. I'm... I was I was intro... I was introing myself. Thanks. Feel free. To intro Rick. Hi, Rick. So, Rick... Hi. um Rick Taylor. Rick Taylor. Rick, put the microphone to your face. Hello. <laughs> Rick Taylor. So Rick Taylor is is um I met him because he's a customer at my shop here at the at the complex, and uh, we always have delightful conversations. So we thought we would have him on to uh so that you could enjoy our delightful conversations. Yes, but that's not the only reason why we are having Mr. Taylor on this on the uh, show today. Isn't it? Ha- no. Tell me more. All. We are having Mr. Taylor <laughs> on the show for two reasons. One, because um, as this, you know, this week it has been, it's been a very somber week here in the nation in general because the nation has been, you know, honoring uh, the life of Senator John McCain, who passed away, mm-hmm. as well as some people are the, the White House isn't. <laughs> but go ahead. As well as the passing of the immortal uh, soul singer Aretha Franklin. Oh yeah. Being from Detroit, that one hit me hard. Did it really? Back I, in the day. Oh, I didn't know. I remember. No. Yeah, I, I'm an old guy. I'm like 60, you know. Mm-hmm. And the Aretha thing hit me hard. I I always thought she was the voice of soul. Oh. Really? Back in the day. Yeah, that's true. She that's true. Um, and being from Detroit, then you can definitely appreciate it because she was. Ah. You know. she, she never left. Never left. She stayed there, and and she was a, she was a a, a a mainstay in the community, yep. right? And she was a she was a a visible voice for Detroit. You know, even mm-hmm. after it wasn't considered very cool anymore. Right. You know, I will confess yet again to my uncoolness because I don't know much Aretha Frank. Aretha. Aretha. You don't know Aretha. I know. I know. Respect. Okay. Um. I almost keep saying urethra. Um, Aretha Franklin. Um, <laughs> I am woefully. What are you in the Senate? Under. <laughs> Excuse me. Woefully under. Um, undereducated. Spe- undereducated on, on her uh, music, but um, I do know that she's beloved, and I, I did. I think I know R E S B E C T from a movie, probably a Whoopi Gold movie in my head. I'm thinking of what it might be. Wow. Did you see um, Blues Brothers? Whoopi Goldberg. What? Did you see Blues Brothers? I the never have. One? Oh, okay. Yeah, because think is good. Yeah, you yeah, think, think, think. think. <laughs> I like I like the thinks uh-huh. in that song the way I like the oohs and Chain of Fools like woo, <laughs> <laughs> the backup uh, singers. Well, now now I'm curious. Now I'm now I'm going down my own my own brainstem. There is a movie starring Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, I believe fa- it was Jumpin' Jack Jumpin Flash, Jack Flash I think. where I she dresses that. up in a. Sequins dress to infiltrate something, and she has to like she winds up lip syncing to uh, 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 
an R and B song. Do you mm-hmm. remember? Do you remember the scene I'm talking about? I loosely remember the scene, and, and I, I want to say it was like R E S P E C T. It may have been. I don't really 100 percent remember. Uh, but my I, I mom loved Whoopi Goldberg movies, so I've I've watched a bunch of them. Anyway, continue. Anyway, so with those passings, you know, the uh, America mourns, but the comic book universe mourns uh, as well for Aretha Franklin and John McCain. But even more for recent passings, we, we've talked here about the passing of Steve Ditko in recent weeks, but this past week saw the passing of two legendary figures in the world of comics. Um, we'll start with one, Mr. Russell Russ Heath Jr., who was a comic book artist noted for his war stories uh, that he did for DC. And I bet you didn't know this. What was his biggest feature that he was uh, responsible for in the 60s, J.D.? I, um... <clears throat> a comic artist? As a comic artist? Russ Heath, yes, as a comic book artist. And he was a penciler? Oh, Sea Devils. Oh, no, no, no. Sea Devils C- was huge. Sea Devils? What, what's Sea Devils? I never even really heard of Sea Devils. Sea Devils had those covers that were awesome. They looked like paintings. They were amazing. Okay, you know all right. Well, mm-hmm. I knew of them. I don't I don't remember them being super huge, but perhaps. But DC War Comics in the, in the 60s were definitely big. And Sergeant Rock. And, and Sergeant Rock and all that. But he was also famous for, in the, in the 60s, for, for work that he did for... Playboy oh, magazine. The Lenny oh, yeah, the Lenny little, Fanny. little Annie, Annie Fanny. Fanny. Yeah, he worked with Harry Kurtzman and all those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I, I didn't wasn't aware huh. that he had yeah. worked with them. I um, every so often I'll, I'll get a little glimpse into the non-comics work of comic legends, and mm-hmm. uh, I have seen a couple of cats who were like, they were doing some BDSM drawings and like you know uh, yeah. some. I don't, want, I don't want to call it pornographic because that has a negative connotation, but like very sex positive, we'll say, uh, right. illustrations and stuff. Different and, day, different age. Yeah. Most definitely. It's kind of cool. Um, and uh, well, with the passing of Russ Heath and one other uh, legend that we will speak about in a minute, we thought it was very timely for us to have uh, Rick on the show because Rick, while also being a, a dutiful customer <laughs> yes. of yeah. the Hero Complex and definitely a certified geek. Yeah. Certified Geek, because if you have seen, ladies and gentlemen, if you could have been in the room when JD presented to him the big book of Wonder Woman, Mm -hmm. so that you could have seen his face. I had a gasm. (laughs) You would realize he is definitely one of us, but he is also one of those that we also cherish because he is a famed comic book artist of his own I don't know about that, but yeah, I used to work in comics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't 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 sell yourself short, sir. You worked in comics. Uh, you were a a colorist, if I remember. I colored the first three years of Batman Adventures and The Mask of the Phantasm, mm-hmm. and then Sub Zero after yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Batman Adventures kind of that was kind of cool. It was it was a fun thing to do because it gave uh, it gave an animated show cred. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it was like it was like a Batman primer. It was like Batman 101 and it had everything in it and it had Barbara Gordon as Batgirl which made me very happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a big Babs fan as well. Yep. And at the time of the printing, many will argue it was the best comic Batman comic book on the shelf. You know, I the funniest thing is every once in a while I'll have somebody friend me on Facebook and I've got guys from South America who I think are way more talented than I ever was was like, you know what, I read the comic and I really liked it and I was like, Really? That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's good. It that's nice. Great. Isn't that that's 
don't know. Do you it have uh, memories that you want to share with the audience of, about the, the passing of Russ Heath, Rick? Russ Heath, I think, was an incredible talent. I think he was really underrated. He was an incredible draftsman. Mm-hmm. I mean, his pages were beautiful. He used yeah. black and white like Alex Toth. I mean, oh. you know, but but he but he he was he was more into patterns and, and and you know and but he he could use he could use a pen and a brush like nobody could. Right. You know, and I I especially love the comic that uh, the little strip that he did that surfaced this week about how he got ripped off by Roy Lichtenstein. Really, I didn't see that. There's a panel of his work is reproduced in a Roy Lichtenstein painting, and it's a it's a panel or uh, a piece of art. Um, I don't know if I. Uh, one of those things like where they like blow up the panel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and make the dots real big and everything like that. And right. it was one of his war comics where a plane is like <laughs> exploding. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen that picture. I love that one. I love that one. So, so yeah. So I always wondered, like, how could you get away with presenting that as your own original art? It's, it's. Uh, I guess it's called homage. I don't know. Yeah, homage D's. Yeah, I know. That, that sounds like a... I know. You know what? I'm one of those people, like, a rip-off is a rip-off. Every time they redo the layout, I'm just kind of like, give the guy credit, you know, or, or the gal credit, or whoever did it. Exactly. Know? At least. At least do that much. But Russ Heath was amazing. I, uh, you know, I think he's one of the giants of the industry. I don't think... I don't think a lot of people. Well, war. Con- the thing that he did primarily was something that is a very special thing. It's like people who like westerns and mm-hmm. people who like, you know, things like that. But his his work was incredible. Um, I think uh, uh, I've, on Chuck Dixon's Facebook page, he has some incredible stuff that he shows. He's collected a lot of his pre DC artwork that he got at comic conventions and things oh, like wow. that. And he has an incredible collection of books. And he he he. For I think the last week he's been posting stuff that just amazes me every time. I, sorry, uh, I am googling as we speak because uh, I don't honestly I don't know his uh, work. I don't know his work. I, I could not you know pick it out of a lineup. There's a lot of guys that I have a pretty good eye for. Mm-hmm. I think modern cartoonists, but um, but look at that black and white. This is gorgeous. I mean, yeah. he could <gasps> think. He he had some great layouts, you know. He did a lot of good war comics for EC. The um yes. this, the one I'm looking at now is a it looks like a Sergeant Rock. Yeah. And uh, he's walking through uh, a muddy field with the rest of his platoon, and the chiaroscuro that he is putting into this panel with all of the rain. Yeah. Oh man. He uh, masterful. Really talented stuff. Yeah, I, it always bewildered me why he wasn't seen or is not seen as the like essential war artist. Yeah. yeah. You know? Because I know a lot no, of people I, lay that to me to me it's uh Kubert. Yeah, yeah a lot of people put that so. at Kubert and I'm not knocking Kubert at all. No, of course no. not. Or, or even some who, if there are some people that also will go to some of the war work of Eisner, because yeah. he did some stuff as well. But I think Russ Heath's stuff is, like, phenomenal. And, you know, there's another guy who I think never got his due with Sam Glansman. He just died recently. Yeah. And, and Steve Bissett yes. was a huge, huge Sam Glansman fan. He, you know, are you saying Glansman? Glansman. Glansman. I never, honestly never heard of him. And Sam Glansman... He served, and a lot of the stuff that he did is, is you know, from his experiences. Right. And I just remember uh, back in the day when I went to Cuber School, uh, Steve Bissett was a huge, huge fan, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, I don't know if, if you can still join in, but they had a Kickstarter thing going uh, for a book of his stuff. 
oh. you know, out there. You know, a, kick, a project on Kickstarter. I don't know if it's closed or whatever, but yeah, Glansman never got his, his just due. I I read his obituary that um, Mark Evanier did on his yeah. website. he's he was more of an everyman kind of artist. He's he's right. one of those artists that I really I appreciate. There are guys who I just really feel never got credit for being any good, and I think people like Pat Boyette, who was a Charleston artist at first, mm-hmm. I think his his work was beautiful. He did he did a really historic run on the Phantom when they had the license, and I loved that. I yeah, mean, it was really really good, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just Glansman is one of those guys who never got his due, but you know, Heath didn't either, and Heath did a lot of stuff. I mean, he did a ton of stuff. Yeah. If I may, I don't I don't want to disparage the man, but the Sam Glansman stuff that I'm looking at now, um, and I, I'm having trouble articulating it in my brain, but there are certain artists that are of a time that still look. That the artwork looks like it's from the time, right? It looks of like that it. day, of yeah. that day, yeah. And uh, and it reminds me of a time and a place. Whereas I'm looking at this Russ Heath stuff, and that oh, could be timeless. today. Yeah. It's, yeah, you could do it today. Yeah, yeah. His, his 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 line. This work. is better than it's, most of the cast. His line today. work, oh, yeah. his layout, his placement of black. Mm. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to keep looking at all this <laughs> Russ Heath stuff. I, yeah. I, I love discovering artists that I never really knew. Yeah, um, it's always fun for me to like go through and check out their old stuff. But yeah, it'd be nice to see like one of those new, you know, artist appreciation books. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Books, oh, he did so, some like some Russ Heath. He did some Jonah Hex. Yep. Yeah, he, yeah. Did, he, did, he did some western. He did some western stuff there. At he, was, he he was of the time like where those western. genres were hot. You right, know, you could right. do a war comic yeah. and a western, and they were still. Like, it bums me out, man. It bums me out that that's not still. I was in my head. I was just thinking about stuff like that, like um, the fact that the the romance comics, the um, westerns, the westerns, yeah. Yeah. all of those. Love the wrong. They do a I lot of science fiction comics. Sci- science fiction, like yeah. classic science fiction. Um, there's something in me that wishes that was still around. It's all, you know, the big two are very much just superhero based. I can't remember the book, and this is probably going back now, maybe close to 10 years ago, but uh, uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez mm. did a Western comic not too long ago. Oh, it was really? black and white, and I remember, I remember... I was at the store and it was like it only had like the one and I was like and I didn't have the dough for it because it was like the, the trade and it was gorgeous. Another one of my favorites. Oh man. I mean the Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, there's nothing the man cannot draw. And he's the nicest person. He's, he's such a great guy. You know? I heard that. I heard yeah. he's very, very humble about he's very, his place he's in the, almost, in the He's almost kind of timid. Right. And, right. and, and when you look at his drawings, you go, okay, that came out. You know, it's like Jack Kirby. Okay, that came out of this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean. But but especially with Jose, because when you think about it, for those who don't know, 70s and 80s, he was pretty much the style guide for DC. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when uh, Neil Posner was the art director there then, and they were they did not want to... They were having problems with their licensing department. They wanted they wanted to have control of the artwork because right. there was some pretty nasty artwork coming out mm-hmm. when they when they would do like uh, uh, licensed material, and that's when um, that's when the special projects department formed. You know, and I don't know if he was running it then, but he ran it for years afterwards. Jorlando, he was right. You know, and he and Jose were like best friends. I mean, he he, he was always like, "Get Jose," you know. I mean, right. Um. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez looks like he did four issues of All Star Western from the New Fifty Two. Okay, that's that was, what it was. That wasn't what it wasn't was. It was? Oh. No, it wasn't New Fifty Two. This was before that. Wow. This was before that, it was, uh-huh. and it was more of an independent thing. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it, it it looked it looked great, and now for, you know, 
hindsight, maybe it was a collection of older Western stuff of his that I that I saw. He did a lot of stuff. But I thought uh, it was newer. I'm trying to think. Where's Jose from? He's from Argentina? No. He's from South America. South somewhere. America, yeah. And he did a lot of work in South American comics. That may be what you're talking about. Maybe they got their maybe. hands on that. Probably. And reprinted some of that. You know, yeah, I don't know. That is possible. You know, and then, oddly enough, these guys, um, he, I remember my first uh, awareness of Jose was when he did... Um, he was doing some work for Gold Key. They had a science yes. fiction book, and yeah. they and they had like these little graphic novels. You know, that they, they were like trade paperback. Yeah, yeah. And and they had some science fiction stuff, and I was like, man, who is this guy? And then like two months later, he's all over DC. Nice. And I was like, this guy is so cool. Yeah. Ponte, Ponte Vedra, Spain. He's seventy years old. He's born in forty eight. He's from Ponte Vedra, Spain. Um, seventy years. He's so young. He's and, a great guy. Am I? Cra- he just did one of the Bendis. Man of Steel books, yes, right? Yes, he did. He's so good. He, I think his it's, Superman is timeless. 70 years old, and he's still as good as he was fucking, what, 40 years ago, 50 years ago? Back in the day, during the Superman the movie era, they used to say that um, that the Superman, uh, that Christopher Reeve looked just like Kurt Swan. No, Christopher Reeve looked just like Jose Lucio. Yeah. Luis, Lucio You're absolutely Pastor. right. He didn't look like Kurt Swan because no. Kurt Swan Kurt looked Swan like... Kurt Swan was softer. It was, it was different. You know, he I mean, was super, uh, it was more like Kurt Swan Superman, Superman was Superman your father. Yeah, the Superman TV show, the original. Right, George Reeves. Chris yeah. Reeves. Yeah. No, no George, George Reeves. George Reeves. Yeah. George but, Reeves. But Garcia drew, you know, and if you look at the style guide, his lowest lane is Margot Kidder. Oh, yep. neat. It's a glammed up Margot Kidder. It's awesome. Yeah. Yep. And you just like nearly wet the seat when you saw his oh, Wonder I know. Woman I love this. in the book book of Wonder Woman. I know. Which then made JD notice the Supergirl next to him. I yeah, know. man, that Supergirl, his boy, howdy. Not, yeah, his Supergirl's cute. Mm-mm-mm. I still like the old Bob Oxner one with like the little the you know the little uh, hot pants. Bob Oxner no, Supergirl. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, mean so to do I. this on air, Rick, but because no one can see this. But yeah. real quick, who's the no the one where she's stopping the train? Who's that? That's HG Peter, the original artist. That's the original artist. That yeah. is. I Bass. love his work. I love his work. You know, I mean... Um, Look at those legs. Yeah. He, I think one of the things that they had a, um, a, a difficult time when, when they were creating Wonder Woman is they were trying to figure out how to have something to appeal to girls without, you know... And, and, they, and the reason they chose this style, it was very much like the styles that they chose for Mary Marvel back in the yep. Fawcett mm-hmm. days. Yep. Yep. They wanted to make it look like... Uh, because they... And, and, you know, if you look at some of the comic books today... I think the same thing holds true. It's comic books for girls tend to have this almost fairy tale quality. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. back in that day. Yes. You know, and and now comic books for girls, a safe place for them is like the anime look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Hence DC superhero girls. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, you know, it's better that you pick one of one of your artists that can draw the can draw the humor in it. Right. You know, because there doesn't seem to be as much hardcore face-to-face conflict in those books. Hmm. Right. You know, hitting each other, you know, like, you know, picking up trains and clobbering them with them and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, I I like, I like H.G. Peter. His his given name was Harry Peter, by the way, so you know, just so you know that. But, but I, 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 I'm in love with this I'd change it too. Well, it fit in with the day if you know, you know. I'm in love with this Wonder Woman. She's, you know, it's. When DC started reprinting that stuff in the in the 70s, when they started doing comics for a quarter and they started putting reprints in the back, mm-hmm. I was all about the Wonder Woman book because they had all the stuff in there. Yes, they did. You know, all the old stuff. I mean, they did other strips too. They did other, you know, other of the uh, the female characters that they had. But I think 
the H.T. Peter Wonder Woman to me was cool because I think it fit the mythological background better, you know, like when they'd go to yeah. other, other planets or encounter like the, you know, the Greek and Roman stuff. And That's a good point. I just worked with that, you know. And he was an editorial cartoonist, I think. Really? I think so. I could see that. Yeah. I could see it, especially yeah. back in that day. Yeah. Um, another, another great mm-hmm. who we lost this, uh, this past week was to hear the tales was the, the darling of Marvel Comics in the 70s and 80s, a renowned artist of, you know, even uh, horror magazines and some humor magazines. Um, back in the 60s and 60s and 70s, and uh, someone who was very influential and special to Rick, and that was Marie Severin, who we lost. Yeah, Marie Severin. I loved her. Severin, excuse me. She was uh, Marie Severin was kind of like the heart of that place. You know, I mean, I had just graduated from Kubert School and was out, you know, selling my papayas on the street there, and <laughs> and um, she. She gave me a lot of chances, yeah. Mm-hmm. She she gave me some tryout inks, which I kind of almost got there once, but it was the Valmeric, you know, I, I inked to her Trimpy Planet of the Apes page, which okay. I think I still have in the basement somewhere. Nice. Oh, wow. And then there's a Valmeric page, which was a little bit more freeform. You know, the Trimpy stuff was very realized. It was, it was drawn. It was easy for me to ink. <clears throat> Excuse me. And because I didn't do that well, you know, in my, in my inking test, she gave me a, a consolation. Um, she gave me a consolation prize. She hooked me up with George Russos, who uh, was doing coloring for them back then. Uh, he was doing it uh, in the bullpen, mm-hmm. and he um, he had me uh, color a Thor cover. I don't I don't remember the issue. I think it had Hercules on it. But um, do you remember the artist who you were coloring? Uh, was I, it? Uh, I wish it was Kirby, but I don't think it was. Was it Basima? No, I think it was. I think it was. I think it was Buckler doing Kirby. Okay. I think okay. it was Rich Buckler doing Kirby, and Joe Sinnott inked him, so it looked like it. Got you. You know what I mean? Got you. I, I got it, you. I think if that it was, and it, I, the only thing that they did was I actually, I actually made the background a solid color, and they decided it was better as a white color. Okay. You know, the background. I mean, mm-hmm. so that was cool. I mean, I was like, hey, guess what? I got paid. You know, they, I got, I got the thrill of a lifetime to work. How with, about that for a constellation? Yeah. Right? And, well, and and to work with two people whose names, as a kid, I knew. You know. Mm-hmm. And here I am hanging with them. I mean, you know, and I was I was probably 19 years old at the time. I want to say, you know. Wow. So yeah. But um, but Marie was really really very talented. She was the heart of that place. That's Everybody what I heard. loved her. That's you know, what I, I heard. mean, it's and um, uh. Fast forward to when I was working on staff at DC and I was freelance coloring, her mother became ill one year and she was coloring Superman Adventures. And I got to color like four issues of Superman Adventures. Mike McAvaney hired me to do that. He was the editor at the time. And, um, and they, were, they were stories that Mark Millar did, which they reprint the hell out of these days. I see yes, it everywhere I right. look. It's in a digest, it's in a trade paperback, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, uh, that it was weird to have you know my my life cross over with hers again you know kind of that degree of separation mm-hmm. that many years later you know so it uh, I I really she was an immense talent I you know all all the guys and gals in the business that I know all loved Marie especially the humor guys oh my god the EC guys yeah if you look at her EC coloring it's so textbook you know right I mean it was really funny uh, 
about uh, when I was working there, Jorlando was try at DC. Jorlando was trying to pitch a book. He wanted to he wanted to do a, 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 a like a hardbound war comic or a war com a, a, you know a, a, a compilation. Yeah. And what he did was he gave me xeroxes of some old EC stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I colored an eight page story. And he's like, um, he, he he basically told me he said, if you can if, if you have access to this. Look up Marie Severin's color, coloring, you know, back when she worked at EC. Color it like that. Mm. Wow. You know, and that's where I learned, that's the where I, I really went into high gear about the, uh, the importance of knockout coloring, about, like, if you want to bring something to the foreground, you do that in one color. Yes. You know, and, 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 right. And, you know, but um, once again, I mean, you know, teaching me from another side, you know, I mean, it was, mm -hmm. it was just very cool. You know? Oh, man. Yeah. This is why it is so important in these days and ages of, you know, the comic book conventions no longer being really about the comic books so much. Right. That when you get the opportunities to go in front of these people, mm -hmm. talk to them. Yeah, you should. Just go to touch them because, like you said, it's... it's it's a part of your it's a part of your life that yep. will no longer be here and you have an opportunity to touch them hear these stories and everything like that it's just it's the thing about people amazing. like Marie was she always wanted to see her stuff and she was always very very um, she was very constructive mm -hmm. you know mm. in a very positive way I've seen people dash other people's hopes yeah you know I've seen I've seen them be cruel to people yeah. you know and I, and when I worked for DC, I did a lot of I did a lot of um, portfolio review at conventions. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I tried not to do was like dash somebody's hopes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they you know they may not be there yet, but you can say, hey, who's your favorite artist? You know, well that guy does this or she does that. You know right. what I mean? And and maybe that's what you should look for and try to emulate. You know, mm -hmm. try to right. find you know that that that'll help you advance your style you know right. so and and that's marie was exactly like that oh man she was such a she's such a great person you know, that's I, awesome yeah gonna miss her yeah she was good i mean and and um th there's a lot of there's a uh, i i don't know i don't know how the character exists today in the marvel universe but um uh the cat you know the Hellcat. oh yeah oh yeah she penciled she penciled the first oh yeah yeah did the four, she really the four issue yeah and wood inked her Wow. Yeah, talk Hollywood? about uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, talk oh. about return to DC, you know, to EC Comics. Wow. That's neat. It was great. I that's mean, a, that's they, a they tried to sell it as a straight up superhero thing. Yeah, I remember. That's the name that doesn't get the respect that to me that it does. Wallywood. Oh, Wallywood. Mm -hmm. I love Wallywood. I was just You think I thought he was like a, he's a big name. He's a big name, but I don't think Only he to gets people in the industry. I don't think yeah, I don't think he gets the respect that he, he that he deserves. I was just rereading cuz I, I showed you. I got this um Back from the 70s, there was this uh, book, Marvel's Greatest Legendary Battles. Yeah. And it was like... Submariner, uh, Daredevil. Submariner, Daredevil. I was reading that exact <laughs> I book. I love that issue. <laughs> that, I think I it's like Daredevil number four. Stands. Oh, my God. Yes. It was so cool. Yes. and yeah. But I was looking at... I'm like, you know, I've read it a thousand times. But this yeah. time I was like paying attention to really like his just his composition work in that book. I was like, this man is like... I'm. I am literally a very good draftsman. Yes. He's really, you know, a really good inker. You know, uh, I, he he could do texture. He plays blacks really well. You know, when I when I think of him, and I know a lot of people are are not. This is not going to resonate with anybody, but when I was a kid in Michigan, 
anything but DC Comics was kind of hard to get because that's that's who they were distributing onto the newsstands, mm -hmm. and Marvel didn't even really come into it until about about the third year of um, of, of their existence because um, they. They cut a deal with DC and they got distributed for the extra slots that DC didn't have on the newsstand. Wow. Yeah, and that's and that's and that's how we got Marvel Comics in in the newsstand, and and then they kind of overtook them. Yes. But um, but the thing that I remember is we used to go to uh, I lived in Michigan, and we used to go up into um, I travel with my parents. And we would go to around the Harbor Springs Petoskey area, which is in the little finger of the glove, if anybody from Michigan knows. And that's where I discovered um, the uh, Thunder Agents. That stuff with Wally Wood. Oh, my God, that stuff was great. Yeah. And, and, and there was Wally Wood. There was Steve Ditko. There was Chick Stone. There were oh. all these guys. I mean, there were yep. tons of them, you yep. know. I hmm. loved those, you know. Was that Char Charlton? No, that was, it was Tower, Tower, Tower. Comics. Right, right, yeah, right. And, that, and Wally Wood created that company. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I actually didn't know anything about the Thunder Agents until the, like the reboot. The reboot that they attempted 10, 15 years yeah, ago? Yeah, it was pretty okay. lousy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't bother with it. Well, see, the thing about the Thunder Agents at the time, and once again, you were saying a time and a place. Yeah. It was, they just, Wally, Wood, and those guys all decided to cross superheroes with secret agents. Yeah. Uh, Thunder yeah. was the higher United Nations defense it, it, enforcement because secret agents yeah, yeah, yeah. were ruling the movies then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, James Bond was king. Bond and, and our man Flint. And they even, they had revived like The Saint and all those, you know, all those things. Peter that had, Gunn on TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, the Avengers, you know, I mean, all yep. that stuff. It was like, yeah. but, but. Um, Not the Avengers you know, kids. No, yeah. no. We're talking about John Steed and Emma, Emma Peel. Peel. That was Brrr. a British, Rigg, was a British um, yes. spy show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Diana Rigg. Oh, God. Look at JD. What? So, so young. Yeah, that was a British spy show. That was one of those. Um, Andrew and James Bond. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on the funny box. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, 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 I was all about Thunder Agents, you know. But, but yeah, you know, unfortunately, we're in the we're in the time and space where our the last few people that we consider legends are are not long for this world. Yeah, that's true. And that's a really hard thing to think of. And I, I, the the sad thing about it is. I, um, I think we only see, we only see interest in those people pop up when they pass. Yes, and we only see interest in in collected editions of their books and all of that stuff when they pass. Yeah, you know, and, and um, I that's why when I worked there, it was a real thrill for me to get to work with some people who I I admired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to color Gil Kane. Got to color. Wow. Um, yeah, a Green Lantern story about the origin in issue fifty. I loved it. I was like, you know, um, Kevin Dooley came to me and he said, "This is really late. Can you do it like in two days?" And I said, "Sure." And, mm. and he hands it to me and it's Gil Kane. I'm like, "Oh my god!" You know, what I mean, that's amazing. So the first day you spent just looking at the pins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what? We we weren't allowed to use color holds for the power ring then. You know what I mean? Like they are now. Like where they right. they hold it all out in color because the the colors are all computer artists now. Right. You know, so people like that, people like getting to work with um, Dick Giordano, you know, mm -hmm. who, who was my teacher and, and a mentor. And it just, it always really worked for me. I could always see what he was doing, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, um, and just, I, I guess I was the person who they would pick when they needed an old school guy because mm -hmm. I had, I had like an old school approach. You okay. Know? I mean, okay. I, I could do that part of it justice. You what know? medium did you use when you were coloring? 
I used Dr. Martin's dyes ah. on on uh, um, on heavy rag paper. Uh-huh and markers and color pencils, whatever I could get my hand on that made the color look the way I wanted it to because I find that um, when we were doing it that way and it went off to a SEP house, (coughs) it was better for me to try and make it look exactly like I wanted it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I always tried to um, at least get the value right, you know, and the modeling right. And and keep in mind, we didn't, we were were handing it to a SEP house, so they didn't, you know, and they were paying a a flat page rate for it, which is amazing for me. I liked, when we did Batman Adventures, I did it flat, cut, color. That's really the way I want it, because that's the way the cartoon note is. Flat, you know, I mean, the cartoon was like, boom, 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 you know? I mean, it was very... No gradients or... Yeah, I mean, not out of control with it. You know what I mean? I mean, sometimes I look at it and I was like, okay, where's the focus on this page? You know what I mean? I, I was just lucky that I got to do that because I never saw myself as somebody that would do Batman. Mm-hmm. Now, you said something earlier on um, uh, you would use Dr. Martin's inks on what, what rag? What they did was they would they they would um, black and white copy the black and white art on a Xerox stock ah, that, thank had, you. That, yeah. that could hold water better, you know, essentially. I was wondering, wet. yeah. yeah. It had a higher rag content. It was more absorbent. Sure, more like a watercolor paper, but without all the tooth. Yeah. 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 I was wondering that because um, I didn't realize that the colorist colored copies of the of the yeah art. Yeah. I thought oh, they were know that. coloring on the page. Yeah. Oh, Which no. was seemed to me to be very dangerous. Yeah. Especially if you're um, gonna make a mistake. Mm. Talking about, you know, old school comic books and stuff and, you know, people believing, I don't know how they believed that this Superman was better in his red trunks. Oh, yes. That is, that is J- well, Jason was just here. Jason Brown. Jason Brown, who, um, he and came to visit us because of the podcast. Yes, yes. Um, he was and, here with his, his family. Yes, and he has a lovely family. Yes. He does. Um, so I just wanted to shout out to Jason. Most certainly. And his adorable two daughters and his son, mm-hmm. who, uh, who left here with a shield underneath his shirt. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we had, we, the, the conversation had come up about Superman, the gentleman before him, Superman with uh, his trunks, his red trunks, yes. right? The underoos on the outside. Don't like the rubber bump, guys. Sorry. Never thought about Superman's package. Never thought about Batman's package. I don't need to see it. I mean, like, I don't. I don't understand what wrong. you're saying. I, but you like the you, you you like the 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 trunks. The trunks. The, tr- though. the trunks exist because this, the the modern superhero costume when it when it first started was essentially a variation of like. A circus outfit. The right. strong man, yeah. right? Right. The strong man, the aerialist, you know, big, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the big, broad-chested ge- gentleman with the, uh, and they, all they would have was like these big briefs and a big belt kind right, of thing. Right, right, Yes. Yeah. That's where that came from. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just... I, that was then. That was 1938. Yeah, I, I just... I don't know. It's 80 years later. No, I know. I just... It just doesn't... It really doesn't appeal... The look doesn't appeal to me. It doesn't... The things don't really... The unitard doesn't have balance, I don't think. I don't think it really, I agree rick i 100 percent agree now that being said i don't care that much like i don't get on the internet and be like no there's red trunks but looking if i if i look at the side by side if i look at the new 52 jim lee designed superman outfit and the classic red trunked outfit the red trunks really do from a design aesthetic break up the suit um, yeah and and it and it Especially, especially for things like if you're drawing the character in different poses and stuff, it helps to have that 
uh, red in the middle there so that you know kind of where the torso is and where the, where the leg is connected to the, the hip and everything. Um, so that helps the reader sort of work out at a quicker clip, I think, what they're looking at uh, on a panel-to-panel basis. So I, I like the red trunks because of that. I don't care about the trunks, but yeah. I do, I think, given my druthers, I'd be like, oh, I like the trunks. They and make no sense. What did they eventually come back to, the trunks? Well, well, that's because it's comics. And comics, again, what's my mantra? It always comes back. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, when they have to license something, they want something that, that the, the person who isn't buying, you know, uh, the latest Superman storyline or, you know, the latest Batman right. storyline. or to still identify with. They want, yeah, they want, to re- they want it to be recognizable. And, or people that don't buy comics, people that are buying... The character because it's on a T-shirt. People that are buying mm. the character because it's an action figure. You know what I mean? See, now, that when I get to that portion of it, though, I feel like the people who don't really read Superman or care about Superman and they're only buying it because it's Superman don't care. I don't think they're ever going to notice that the shorts aren't there as long as they see that big red S. I, th- I, mean, I, think, I think they're, you know, when you're buying into that, you're buying into the warm, and warm fuzzies when you're a kid. Yeah. That's really what I think. Yeah, see, see because I disagree. I think, I think they do care because, like Rick said, they're looking for what is recognizable mm-hmm. to them that's in their DNA. But that's why you have that licensed Superman yeah. that has the red trunks. That's generic looking, yeah. But in the comics, yeah. it, it doesn't have the red trunks because they make no sense. Nobody Why? likes the underpants. Why not? Why don't they make sense? They make no sense. Why do? And especially, especially in today's day, in today's in today's universe, where yes, there are people like me and Rick who remember uh, DC Silver Age and even their seventies. But most of the people that come in here, they started their comics. They got there because of Marvel, mm-hmm. and of Marvel in the sixties, seventies, or eighties. You don't see those. In Marvel, and when you do see the trunks in Marvel, they're usually the same color. Think mm. your Fantastic Four. Think your Captain Americas. What do you mean with the same color? The Fantastic the Four. Now nah, you no. shut your the Fantastic filthy Four. Mouth. Fantastic Four had had trunks, but they were the same color as their pants and their shirt. Mm. Captain America. Sometimes, had, sometimes the, they had the well, black yeah. trunks. Yeah. No, no, they, they never had black trunks. Mom. They never had black trunks. They never had black oh, trunks. And then find a blue it for you. And then a blue shirt. No, it was always the same color. It was always the same color. But see, Captain America actually had a pair of shorts on under his blue pants. Yes, but it was the same color. So you didn't have that breakup. Spider-Man, who everybody heralds his costume design, did not have trunks. So you can get away with the trunks and still be Spider-Man basically had pants. Exactly! Exactly! Because that makes sense! I guess. I don't know. It makes sense. It makes sense. I don't know. I, I'm just an overage fanboy. I like. Um, you're can't talking. Find, can't find your fast, Fantastic Four. I don't. Four? I don't know. Actually, I don't know what to Google. Um, so, uh, what are Fantastic Four Cost- black trunks? Black black trunks. trunks. <laughs> Costumes of the Fantastic Four. They all have a big four on them. So somewhere. Because um, uh, I, I, I. Was it George? Was it Jeff? John? John Byrne? I don't know. Anyway, so I'm looking at the statue of Superman as you're talking about how the shorts don't make sense. And I'm looking at his form-fitting, up-to-the-knee red boots (laughs) with a little divot cut out to make a little M. Those don't make any sense. Those boots don't exist in real life. Yes, they do. What? You can get boots well, like them. They're just trying to make a design. Not on guys. It's a design. It's, that's that's what I'm saying. A it's a design. It doesn't yeah. have to make sense. Okay, but that's a design. It's, it's shorts are not a design. 
<laughs> what? Yes, they are. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. They don't make any sense. <laughs> they don't. They okay. don't. All right. They don't. I don't. Um, um, but I bring all this up to, to talk about. Oh, yeah. Where are we <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm yeah. trying to get Why did somewhere. we do this? Why did we get on this rabbit hole again? <laughs> I was trying to, to, to talk about. See, he. Look. I gave you can't up. see it, ladies and gentlemen. He gave up. I gave he can't up. Find I gave up because I don't know what's at Google. Because <laughs> you can't find them. Costumes of the Fantastic That's Four. That's it. I'm going to look up. Feel free. I brought this all up. Genesis of the Fantastic Four. Costume. To talk about reboots and and things of a bygone day that we either miss or are not missed, such as Superman's red shorts. They are not missed, at least not by me. You know what I mean? But uh, what I do miss, to a degree, is I miss Wonder Woman's invisible jet. I do too. She flies though, doesn't she? No. Well, yeah, she flies. So, but... I like that she. I like that see, she couldn't fly. But see, originally Wonder Woman was. Um, it was explained that she wasn't really flying. She was like floating on right. the airwaves, you know, um, current, air currents, mm-hmm. you know. So it didn't have as much control. Right. As... She needed. She needed a plane to get her off Paradise Island with Steve Trevor. Paradise Island. Themyscira. Sorry, guys. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah. I mean, I, I love the invisible plane. I liked it, and it had a, it had a real cheesy propeller in the beginning too. It was like, it yeah. was like oh jeez, yeah, it, it was, was. Great. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was, was kind of cheesy. You yeah. know what? I'm going to eat my words. I don't see the black trunks. I told you. I wonder if it was just the like the images I'm thinking of were just a a. Um, there were times where they had a black outfit. They're shading. Yeah, they yeah. they shaded it to. Yeah, yeah. But no, they no, have... you're right, you're right. They're all blue trunks. Oh boy, Ed. All right. So you you liked Wonder Woman's jet. I like the Wonder Woman's jet. I like the Invisible Plane. It doesn't make any plan. goddamn sense. You're upset about this man's red shorts. The, sh- about the jets, no. They made sense. The jet made sense because she didn't fly. Mm-hmm. She did not fly. It was only... And everything well, is invisible except for her. And, well, and it gave him a scene in the Justice League comics where, like, you know, Batman would be in the Batplane, uh-huh. Green Arrow would be in the Aeroplane, and uh-huh. Wonder Woman would be in the Invisible Jet. And everybody mm-hmm. else was, like, flying or running, you know, mm-hmm. like the Flash or something. I'll give you that it made no sense that you could, <laughs> that you could only see her. That's true. Okay. That right. made no sense. Right. You know? However, I, the you idea... You just like it. I like the you idea. You just like the idea. <laughs> Everything's invisible except for this woman <laughs> flying around just in a seating position. Have you guys ever seen the Woman Wonder Mad Magazine thing that Wally Wood did back in the day when it, I think it was Mad Comics back then I don't even think it was a Mad wow. Magazine yeah. he did a, he, they did a thing on Wonder Woman and they have this thing where the guys are all like wow it's Wonder Woman she's changing in her transparent plane yeah, you yeah. know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> well Family Guy did a Family yeah, Guy did I love the Family Guy stuff I'm on was, the bathroom Clark yeah she, <laughs> on the she was using Clark. the toilet on the invisible jet yeah. <laughs> he flies up to her and says like um, Clark I'm on the toilet <laughs> It was a little cruel. Yeah, I thought that was, was pretty nasty. funny. Yeah. <laughs> ah, good funny. times, good times. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but there's stuff. I mean, I think the thing you have to sus- uh, suspend disbelief on with comic books is you're only limited to what you can draw. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, just, and they drew some pretty wacky stuff. That's know? true. I mean, they do some nutty stuff, you know? Boy, and also, that. drugs are an interesting thing. 
<laughs> oh well, yeah. The but Hidden that's Sid and Marty Croft, okay? Like, oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a totally different. You know, <laughs> According to them. No, I know. We weren't on. We weren't on anything. Yeah. yeah, sure. That's what they did. Yeah, tell me that when you came up with like what Sigmund looked like. Nightmare fuel. Those shows. Yeah, I know. Was Sigmund one of the most like? And that was like a kid show. Yeah. It was barbaric, that little thing come running out of the sea. It looked dirty and when they When they do those action figures, I had to have one. That and Puffin stuff, I had to have it. Just because it was so bizarre. Ugh. I know. I did have the, the banana splits action figures. I love the banana splits. Yeah. But only the first Snorky. The second Snorky, no. When they when they came up with a second Snorky. They had a second Snorky? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Because Snorky was the elephant. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even know they had. A yeah, they gave him the, the 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 second one. They gave him like the big glasses, and they they, re, they 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 redesigned his proportions, and I didn't like it. Oh wow, it was disturbing. <laughs> Is there a an, a classic character that you think had a terrible costume at first, and now their costume has gotten has evolved to a better costume? Hmm. I can think of someone right off the bat. Go ahead, Daredevil. Oh, yeah. The Daredevil costume, yeah. that oh, yellow yeah. and brown. Oh, his first devil. Yeah. Let's make him a devil. Yeah, what was Ooh. that about? I think, I think they were, you know what they were trying to do is they were trying to come up with like a wrestling costume. Yeah. You yeah. know, like his dad was Batman Murdoch, you know, and I think they were trying to come up with what uh, a wrestling costume would look like for a superhero. Oof. Yeah, I know. And yeah. then, and then, and then Wood took the book over and they did the whole red costume. I the thought that was great. All red's great. Yep. The red, red is, is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Yep. The red is beautiful. Um, that's, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, like Wonder Woman's costume is going through a lot of permutations. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've, honestly, I don't think I've ever really settled on liking Wonder Woman's costume. Yeah. There's something about those. I just didn't like it when they like sexualized it and gave her like the butt floss. You know, I mean, I, yeah, when the trunks uh, became thongs. Yeah, nineties. I did not yeah. like that. Yeah. I no. did not like that at all. No. Yeah, I, I will they say did that. the same thing to. Um, if you remember, I was just flipping through looking for costumes for the Fantastic Four. They did a similar thing to uh, Sue Richards when she had the cutout in her boobs. She had the oh. boob window. Yeah, oh my door. god! Yeah. And you want to like, talk about stilettos? Yeah. What and the you know, hell were they thinking? Tan lines yeah. in that costume would be like, "Hey, baby," you know, <laughs> that'd be really great. Yeah. Yeah, that made absolutely no. Now yeah. I'll tell you one that Black Canary in the eighties oh, went bird to costume? a costume. Yeah. yeah. I, that that came that came into fruition because I think it was Jeanette Kahn that really didn't like the original costume and she thought it was sexist. Which it was. Well, but then she didn't look at how it was drawn by Alex Toth in that adventure backup. I mean, it, it was because it looked hot. Because it, it, it looked great. great. Yeah, because she had big hair great. too. I mean, you know, but but yeah, there yeah, because that's the same time they they changed Black Canary and they changed that Tana. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, oh, I didn't like that either. Not at all. No, love the showgirl outfit the best. Oh wait, stilettos and high heels. You don't like this one? Yeah. No, I like the one she's the one in, she's the burning. one she's burning. Oh, like I see. That, yeah. Yeah, that, was, yeah. that was rough. Yeah. Yeah. It that's was a little a, bird-like. The one she's burning, that's, yeah, that's the one that actually I she's see. in, yeah. you know, famous uh, the Justice League. Yeah, and, and there were a whole lot of bad Zatanna outfits, but the original Zatanna outfit is still the best. It's still the best. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I like I liked me some Zatanna, but when she went superheroes, yeah, I remember. No, that was bad. I remember, uh. Sexualized Sue Richards. Yeah, yeah. weird. Sue does not it's need like, to be. She's somebody's mom, for God's sake. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, no. Well, now I'll tell you one who got better. The original Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. The, the good yellow call. tin can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like big. The, well, not even the yellow tin can, because originally he was the gray. He was yeah, the big right. gray tank. But, you know, I guess the two-tone outfit, I think, was originally, uh, and and the thing with the um, the evolution of that thing, the, the, the design of the mask, I think Ditko actually did a couple of uh, Tales of Suspense issues. Oh, really? And, and they're... 
some some people credit him with that. I you know I mean I I may be misremembering, but I don't know. Remember yeah. when they gave him a nose? Oh my God, the nose! <laughs> they gave what Iron Man a nose? He had a little triangular a nose. nose. Oh no! I know, yeah. yeah oh was, nose! That was really I guess bad. they didn't want his face being like smashed up against all that metal. You know? It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like where does his nose go? It makes sense, and yet it doesn't. <laughs> Now, another character that I actually had a, a back and forth with someone on Twitter about this week was uh, Captain Marvel, the um, Carol, Carol Danvers. Danvers. Yeah. Not, not like Len assumed Shazam. Sorry, I'm old I call him, I call him, I call him Shazam. And, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, he's Captain Marvel to me. <laughs> so Captain Marvel, the Marvel Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yes. Uh, I don't mind her old outfit, which was like a, a black leotard thong thing that, with a that, sash it wasn't a thong Dave, no Dave Cockrum designed that one yeah because, it was great yeah because he had just redesigned the phoenix outfit you know, you know what Jean Grey into the phoenix uh, you're wearing that thing and you're kicking people it becomes a thong okay that's going right up your crack oh. um, they didn't have and yet uh, the red trunks don't they bother they didn't have you. that they yeah, didn't wait, have, it's yeah. not going up his crack well but he's got pants on over it yeah um, so oh sorry what Rick I was just going to say like that you know <laughs> what do they, what do they have that that Tape for the uh, the people, the young ladies that are in the uh, beauty contest. That, oh you know, yeah, that you can spray the yeah. adhesive. Yeah, like yeah. Adhesive she probably tape. has to do a lot of spraying before she goes to save people. But this new one, designed by Jamie McKelvey, um, of Wicked and Divine fame, I love this design with the. Um, it's a full body suit, and it's got the big star in the chest with yeah. like the gold lines that go out like the it. shoulder. I do like it a lot. Yeah, gorgeous. I think I think what you're seeing here is. A lot of times, especially if women get their hands on the costume, they just want to desexualize it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because people are. Just, I mean, there, there's. A, and, and by saying that, I'm not saying that they want to have a don't want to have a nice costume. They just don't want everything hanging out all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. They want it to be, you know, actually practical. So yeah. I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm with that, which is why. And, and yet, as much as they do want it practical, there's some things that they still hold dear too. So if you have uh, Power Girl, they're still apt to put in the peekaboo window on Power Girl. Mm-hmm. Or Wonder Woman, they f- fight against putting it on when she was had pants. pants. Well, I don't think yeah. it ever happened. Like they were the, the so book wasn't ugly, even though. out oh there. My God. And she had pants on. And the leather jacket and all that. Oh, you're talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're talking well, about Michael Straczynski. Yeah. You're going back even further. I like that outfit. The leather jacket with oh. the pants. No, that was dumb. That was, you were talking like the original Justice League redesign outfit where they gave her for pants the new 52. And, and then before it came out, they were like, "No, never mind. We'll just recolor it so she's not wearing pants." Sorry, guys. Jeez. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah, I don't think that. There are some things that it's just difficult to mess with. Yeah. I mean, I like the I like the solution that they came up with the costume for Wonder Woman for the movie. Yes. With like the little Roman skirt dress yeah. kind of thing. I yeah, mean yeah. and it's very when you think about that, it's probably closer to the original like sensation number one costume design that had like culottes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. That you is know what true. I mean? I mean that, right. that's that's how they did that, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's very And that's okay. I think it's a I think that's a viable evolution. You know, every time I think of Wonder Woman's outfit, I think just things just flash in your head. My head always flashes directly to uh, Linda Carter Mm -hmm. in the show. And I remember as a little boy thinking it looked like she was wearing adult diapers. Oh, that's because they did the the 40s version. Mm -hmm. They didn't. She hadn't. She hadn't gotten like a thong yet, you know, because that that was like they're kind of Charlie's Angels era. You know, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, because I think they it looked was, padded or something. Because yeah. at one it, one season they actually did go, and she was you know by then it was a hit, and she was like, "Yo, I need these higher up," and they made them a little higher yeah, up yeah. on the waist. Mm. You know? Yeah, but you know, I, I I do like I do like some of the aspects of the original like TV show costume. Like I really like the eagle better. I do. I, really like, I do like the eagle. I like the embroidered eagle better than you oh, know. Yeah. I mean, you know, the other one was just like I don't, you know. I mean, and it was a design, and it was a nice design. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think that I, I liked that aspect of it. You know, I mean, that's back in the day before they had, um, they were putting tons of money into this kind of stuff. I mean, it was a TV show, you know. And right, they, yeah. They had to have a repeatable costume, and she was probably right. going to go through a bazillion of them, you know, true. especially with stunts and stuff like that, you know. Very true. Speaking of Wonder Women, that gets us to a nice segue before we get out of here. If you are like Rick and you support your local comic book store roll down to your local comic book store because many of them have a a a paperback that they are featuring right now um rick you want to tell them about this cool book that that just yeah actually this is a this is a book that was uh, edited by a very good friend of mine shelly bond who used to be the vertigo uh executive editor and uh before they kind of dissolved vertigo the first time her reaction to, um, believe it or not, the current election status that, you know, the current administration. The state of the world. Yeah. Yeah. She got very say. upset and she thought it was about time to do a book about women who moved the dial in the world, who changed the world, who actually, um, you know, were not going to take no for an answer. And she invited some of her best creative friends, and there's some great stuff in there. I mean, there's. Um, there are things, I believe there's a thing about Eleanor Roosevelt. I think there's something in there about Carrie Fisher. There's a Michelle Obama piece. I think there's one for Hillary Clinton. And then there are, there, there's a great piece about, and I'm trying to remember her name. I think her name is Mary Anning. And she's probably somebody who, she, um, she's kind of credited with being uh, a paleontologist uh, in in England, mm-hmm. she lived uh, by the White Cliffs in Dover, and and she, they were, in a constant state of deterioration. Well, one day they deteriorated, and they exposed a bunch of fossils, and she became very interested in that. So it's it's not just about like superheroes. It's not just about pop culture figures. There's some real there's some real respect for women who who did some incredible work that nobody knows about throughout many fields yeah yes. exactly and, and it's, it's called Femme Magnifique Femme Magnifique a and comic book anthology salute to 50 magnificent women who take names crack ceilings and change the game in pop politics art and science featuring 100 over 100 astounding writers and artists from around the world including our own very own Rick Taylor has his work featured in here a little bit I was very fortunate to be able to color the um the segment that Dan Parent did on Marlo Thomas. It turns that out girl. We're, we were both huge that girl friends from back in the day. You know, we love Anne Marie. And uh, I, I I was very fortunate in that I actually got to meet Marlo Thomas years ago with Phil Donahue. Wow. When they yeah. were the celebrity they were the celebrity um, sponsors of the AIDS Walk one year and DC always had a big showing in the AIDS Walk, you know. Mm. And um, it was it was very cool getting to meet her, and I was like, "Wow, I used to love your, sh-. you know, what do you say, you, you geek out, you know?" Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that but, is cool. Um, but it was it was a fun thing that you know that Dan actually saw that as being significant, and I do too because, you know, they didn't have somebody to produce that girl. Marlo Thomas actually ended up assuming that role, 
You know, wow. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's credited to a man, but she really did it. And know? she pre- and and that girl for those you know, because it's long ago, la- it lasted only five five seasons, seasons, but five very successful seasons yes. on television. But it it, pre- it doesn't it, it predates the Mary Tyler Moore it show. Predated the Mary Tyler Moore show, which you know, um, is heralded as this like right, great coming right, of but, age. But I think that girl did it in a in a and and Mary Tyler Moore so too that you know that was done in a very gentle way, they did it in a very gentle way you know mm-hmm. like, I mean she's a gal living in New York you know uh, and and you don't you don't see her in bed with her boyfriend or anything like that it was Not a different day I mean they go out of their way in the beginning of the strip or the show to tell you that she's from this she's from Brewster New York, and her dad you know. Her parents very begrudgingly let her follow her dream by going to New York, and she wants to become an actress. Yeah, you know, so she takes all these goofy jobs, and she has all you know. I mean, and and um, it's it's nice to see that somebody saw that being as groundbreaking as the story about Sally Ride, you exactly. know, or the story about Hillary Clinton, you know, I right? Mean, or Michelle the story. Obama. A lot of people don't know, and I think it's I'm cool to see it in there. The story of Hedy Lamar. Hedy Lamar, the actress. Oh, you mean about the uh, the sonar thing? Yes. And yeah. What she, actually... she was like, there are a lot of there are a lot of women that don't get credit for how educated and smart they were. Exactly. You know, uh, you know so I think... and she was and Hedy Lamar, she was like scoffed for for a long time, you know, for her creations that she made and and patents that she held. Yeah. And people were just like, yeah, oh sure. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. No, and, and, and that became really, really important during World War II. Right. Hugely important. You know, so I think this is the kind of book that Shelley did it as a Kickstarter project and then she moved over to IDW and she's created some great stuff like Kid Lobotomy and mm-hmm. you know some great books over there. And um she you know, she was texting me and she said uh you know, I said, so are you going to do another one? And she said, right now, I think IDW is interested in reprinting the first one as a trade paperback. And I was like, awesome. Yeah. You know, and they because and it originally published as a uh, uh, slightly hard, oversized hardback. hardcover. Yeah. Right. Yeah, with a, a, a dust jacket. And the other thing that was cool was, um, and I don't, I don't know what they're doing with IDW in this, but when Shelley did the Kickstarter book, she made a provision in there for uh, libraries that wanted to carry the book. Smart. You know, there's a special rate, you know, Very and they smart. they really wanted to promote this book to go into libraries. And, you know, I'm hoping, you know, it, it, it it's the type of graphic novel that's not about superheroes. You know, but it is about superheroes. It's it about is. women who really changed it is. things, you know, and I think it was... You know, Shelley's always been uh, Shelley's always been uh, a groundbreaker herself. You know, so I, uh, you know, uh, um, I work. I started working with Shelley way back in the Kamiko days. Oh wow! And then we That's both worked at DC together. Yeah. That's so back. yeah, yeah, and and uh, I mean, uh, but Shelley's always been a real, uh, really on the forefront of things. You know, I mean. When DC kind of let go of Vertigo, and I mean, I know they're publishing it now, but it's not the it's same. Not even close. It's not even close. You know, what I mean, yeah. and and then um, she was fortunate enough to interest IDW in, in wanting to create an adult line of stuff, create her own, not unlike Vertigo. You know, and I think she's done a great job. You know, and I think the look of those books and the look of this book re- will will um, specifically appeal to female readers as well because it doesn't have that male testosterone, yeah. rippling muscle, superhero <laughs> stuff going on. And mm-hmm. the women look real, the stories look real, or there's 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 fun drawing styles in there. There's a lot of really talented people. Yeah, you know, yeah, t- I'm flipping through it. Um, we got Ronald Wimberly. Uh, we got Liz Prince, who did uh, she did one on uh, you know Broad City. Yeah. Yep. The, the, um, Abby and Alana. Yep. 
Um, Mark Buckingham's in here. Oh, there. We got Mags Visaggio, yeah. who's a, yeah. a, I believe she's a trans creator. Yep. Ming Doyle, Teeny Howard, Christine Nori, uh, Lucy Nisley. Yep. She ordered, she, uh, I think Tess Harper's in that book, and she also did some of Kid Lobotomy. Nice. Yeah, she Annie did that. Right. Kieran yeah. Gillen. Yeah, there's a, yeah there's there's a ton of really talented people. Yeah, this is nuts. It was a really it was a really um, it it was it was a nice it was flattering to be asked, but it, it it's even more so because it was a it was a book with a message. Yeah, it's a right. book with a message, and I think um, in I've gone from there being very few creators that were women at the time mm-hmm. to you know now the field is wide open for women, and yeah. I'm I'm so happy. Yep. I couldn't be happier, you know. You know, you didn't want to be a comic artist because you know you wanted to be you were somebody's girlfriend and you wanted to color their book. That's not, you know. I mean, a lot of people did do that, and that's great. You know, that's how they were involved in comics. But it's become such a wide open field for women creators, and I'm very excited about that. And and how touching is it for a, a book like this to? come out in a very digestible and maybe some would say a little bit more accessible manner now in yes. the trade paperback yeah. the same week that we lost an underappreciated talent such as Marie Seven. Se- yeah. Severin. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I just think, you know, um, I I don't know if Shelly's got plans to do another one. I mean, we did, we, we kind of tossed a couple of texts, you know, texts around and, and talked about the possibility of that, but I, I just think it's such an important thing and I was excited to see that it came out pretty fast, and, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I was I was very excited about that, and, and I think it's I think it's something that you should you should come by JD's place and pick up the copy. I mean, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, pick it up, and he'll order more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. give Most me your definitely. money. <laughs> come down to the Hero Complex, ladies and gentlemen. I want you know, money. Man, you know, yeah. Or go to your local comic book store if you're not if uh, you know if you're not in the Philadelphia area because we have fans all over. Um, and and check out this this great book. If they don't have it, tell them to get it. Yeah, Femme Magnifique, F E M M E M A G N I F I Q U E. Get all French on ya, Femme yeah. Magnifique. Yeah, there, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Rick, thank you so much for sitting down with us, man. Yeah. No, thanks. I, you know, I, 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 it was fun. Yeah. This was dope. This was real good dope. Times, good times. Um, oh, we did get one little bit of correspondence. I got a message from Max, a listener. And he wanted to know, I don't have it up, I should have brought it up, uh, but he wanted to know, so does, does Len put um, gutter talk ads before his other podcasts? Um, we don't have... We don't have a spot, do we? We don't Len? have a spot for no. gutter talk. Because he was like, so he was, hint, <laughs> support hint. biracial podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, before before this show, there's always a support black podcast, and he like there's generally a spot for uh, all the other great uh, shows that you have on the Black Tribbles Network. Well, they're not on my network; they're just all just different black podcasts. Yeah. Oh, they're that's right. On, that's true. That's true. They're not yeah. on my network at all. Yeah. But um, um, no, I no, I we don't have a gotta talk at. You want to do one real quick? That'd be fun. Let's let's do one. Now. I, mean, I don't know. What do you want to say? I don't. <laughs> Support, listen to Gutter Talk. <laughs> Support white pot. Nope. nope. <laughs> That's not it. That's geek- not the one. We talk about real geek stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can reach us at blacktribbles at gmail.com or, or coltpopgo at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at the at Black Tribbles, right? And at Black at Tribbles. The or, Bat Tribble. Exactly. Or you can... Uh, tweet JD at JD's Hero Complex. That's JDS 
Hero Complex. Yeah. Thank you so much. And our show is available. If you look us up, we're available on uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Stitcher now, yeah. Spotify. Oh, yeah. wow. You can get Gutter Talk wherever, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe, uh, you know, look at us, look us up. Holla. Okay. Bye. Right. <laughs> we'll talk at you later. <laughs> <laughs>